coffee.com and from listener donations at wjffradio.org. Support for Radio Catskill comes from the Calicoon Theater, an updated vintage movie theater with new releases, film festivals, nostalgic screenings, live music events, and more. Information and schedule at thecalicoontheater.com. Next time on Ask Me Another, joining us is Academy Award-nominated actor Rosie Perez. She tells us about her approach to auditioning for roles and her character on the new HBO Max series, The Flight Attendant. Then we challenge the first lady of boxing to a game about Muhammad Ali quotes. So join me on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions. Sunday morning at 11 on Radio Catskill. Hi, everyone. It's Saturday on WJFF, and that means it's time for Travels with Triggs. Travels with Travels with Travels with Triggs. Who's he gonna talk to now? What's he gonna talk about? Where we gonna go? Travels with Triggs. Good morning. Today on Travels with Triggs, we're going to be talking with Shalisa James, an accomplished musician from Orlando, Florida. She has worked in a variety of mediums, and she just released her first solo album called Decades, as she celebrates turning 50. Good morning, Shalisa. Hi, Greg. How are you? Good. How's everything going there? Uh, Orlando's beautiful today. Yeah, things are great. It's been a, quite a celebratory week. I turned 50 on Monday and released the album on Monday, so it's been really exciting. That's awesome, and I have had a chance to listen to the album several times now. It is wonderful. Now, by uh, decades, it's a celebration of each decade of your life, correct? Songs that are kind of chronologically chosen to represent the 50 years you've been with us. That's correct. And if you're looking for it um, on iTunes digitally or Spotify, it's actually called Five Decades. Um, and as an artist, I'm listed as Shalisa. But um, what I wanted to do, and I actually did the songs in chronological order, instead of skipping around, uh, it takes you through six months after I was born uh, with the first song, which is It's Too Late by Carol King, and takes you through uh, 2014. Anyway, I wanted a good representation from each decade I was alive and songs that meant something to me at the time and also songs that I felt like I could lend my voice and my arranging skills to uh, and do something a little different with them. That's wonderful. And you've had a very successful career working in musical ensembles as well. What's the process of recording an album with a group versus all on your own? Well, until this year, um, most of my albums that I was billed on as a performer were acapella albums. And uh, so I, was, uh, I have been and continue to be a part of a group called Toxic Audio, also known as Vox Audio. And we get in the room together a lot. And uh, even with band, I sing back up on a lot of albums, too. And with bands, you get in the room together sometimes with other singers. Uh, you all gather around a mic. Um, it's very collaborative in the moment this year was a little different. And uh, so the, the process this year was all remote collaboration uh, with the exception of just myself and an engineer, all of the tracks that I recorded were alone and all of the musicians recorded remotely too. Um, I commissioned out tracks to one musician at a time and they would pile on their track and, uh, 
and they would contribute and we would collaborate via phone and email and FaceTime and make sure we had it where we wanted it. And then it would go off to the next person. So it was almost like playing hot potato with these tracks. Um, but it was because of the pandemic. Uh, it was a very unique experience for all of us because we had to do everything. All of the collaborating was done uh, remotely. Was this something you had in mind before the pandemic became uh, an issue or is it an ideal intersection of limitation and opportunity? <laughs> it was an ideal uh, situation because I probably would never have gotten it done had I not had the downtime of the pandemic. And I think that would ring true for everybody I asked to contribute as well. But really it was burst out of, um, you know, there've been times where, my best friend uh, did a solo project in the mid 2000s and um, Michelle Mayo. So there have been times where I've been like, man, that would be really cool. But uh, the idea was birthed out of my husband's 50th birthday party. I threw for him back in January. It was epic and amazing. And there were like 250 people there, <laughs> which in right now during COVID times, it's like, wow, I uh, can't even imagine that many people gathered, but it was just this big blowout. So the next morning we're drinking coffee and he turns to me and says, do you want a big party for your 50th? And it was just like a light bulb went off. It went, ding, no, I want an album. And as we were talking about it, I said, what if I did an album that uh, celebrated all the, you know, the years that I've been alive, at least picking and choosing from the different eras of my life, songs that represent those eras um, to me and my memories. And um, so the idea was birthed, but the legwork didn't start. We didn't start the first track until COVID hit. And we started that the end of March when the shutdown orders came is when we started tracking. I don't know with my schedule between performing and running an entertainment company that I would have ever had the time to put into this project. And I also don't know that I would have gotten the, the musicians that I got. I just got these amazing, incredible virtuosos that I would never have uh, been able to nail down if they had been on their regular grind. It's worth mentioning to the audience, I think of you as a very creative entrepreneur. You create opportunities for yourself, your husband with whom you work, uh, musicians that you care about. You put together caroling groups. You put together vocal groups. You tour. And it sounds like the album really captured the combination of entrepreneurism and your creativity. And also a heart for musicians, um, because when it, when everything shut down, we have all these friends that were not only sitting at home twiddling their thumbs, but sitting at home saying, what is my life now? And so as we had conversations with people, um, and they would say, man, I can't believe this. I don't know if we're ever going to get back to our normal lives. And I'm just so, I don't know who I am without being a creative entity. I said, mm, um, what do you think of this song? And uh, so instead of just feeling sorry, sorry for ourselves, we jumped in and started working on the album. And so it was kind of a reach out to my friends uh, in the industry. Everybody that, that plays on it or people that I've worked with either have worked for our company or I've collaborated with over the years. Um, one, one gentleman I've done bookings in studios with since the mid-90s, but even studio bookings weren't happening at the time. Um, so it gave us purpose. And, um, and that was really important to a lot of us in those months of April, May, June, where it felt like our lives were kind of crashing before our eyes. <laughs> so we've talked about the people you work with, and there is an original song on the album 
What was the inspiration for that song? And tell us a little bit about it. There's one original on the album uh, that represents the 90s for me. And um, it's a song called The Best Love I Never Had, which is a song about unrequited love or maybe having a moment one evening with somebody and realizing it could never go anywhere. And uh, I actually wrote that for uh, the person that is now my husband, which is kind of... uh, kind of sweet because uh, we did not think it could work. We had a lot of things working against us. I had a child. I was uh, going through a divorce at the time and it just didn't seem like it was going to be in the cards for us. And it was us accepting how in love we were and how um, it was never you know, going to work out, but it just felt like we should be together. And there were so many things that pointed to, wow, we really could have had a great life together if these circumstances weren't weighing us down. And so I wrote the song, um, which is, you know, a a sad what if song. And um, I performed it a little bit over the years and I have uh, done a demo of it before, but I was kind of waiting for something to breathe life into it because it was so delicate that I wanted it to be perfect. And I wasn't quite connecting with what could make it perfect. And then um, my dad mentioned one of our friends uh, is a man named Tim Akers, who is like a Nashville luminary. He's a huge deal in Nashville. He is the music director for Amy Grant and Vince Gill. He's the uh, road music director for Rascal Flats and uh, has been on Nashville Network a lot. He said, I bet he's sitting home too right now, where he would normally be out on tour, completely living that rock star life. And I reached out to him, and three days later, I had the most beautiful, reimagined version of that song that meant so much to me. Well, speaking of songs that mean a lot to you, we could talk about the album all day long, but let's give the audience a chance to hear one of the tracks. So we're going to start with uh, our first cut from Shalisa James's Five Decades. Here is A Little More Love. Dragging her feet I wait Alone in the heat I know Know that you'll have your way Till you have to go Oh 
of Catskill Character. Let's explore the Catskills together, meet amazing people, and hear their stories every Saturday morning at 1130, right after Farming Country. That's Catskill Character, Saturday morning at 1130 on WJFF. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello, your community radio station. Travels with travels with travels with Triggs. And we are back on Travels Yay. with Triggs talking to Shalisa James, who is a recording artist who just released her first solo album, Five Decades. Now, Little, we're going to go back a little bit to what you were talking about. You and your husband have really built quite a company working together. Um, what's that like? Give some tips to couples that are trapped in a house together in a whole new way during the pandemic. How do you guys get through it? Oh, we actually met working together. We met singing together and we were friends for years before we ever uh had the chance to uh before we had the chance to be on the other side of the business together but we we did meet singing together and uh were great collaborators even back then um and he was a writer at the time and I would even proofread uh his submissions for writing and edit them so I was kind of his unofficial copy editor even for those years when we were just friends so we always had a collaborative nature about us um we we tend to, we spend a lot of time together, but we love spending time together. So we tend to, to take on things as we'll put something in each other's, you know, in each other's, on each other's table or on each other's plates to work on. And so sometimes things might be, people used to joke around of, oh, no, that's a Jeremy question, or that's a Shalisa question. As a company, we create shows for theme parks, for corporate events, for cruise ships and theaters. Um, and I would say he's the blank page guy. He's the guy that comes up with the the initial seed of an idea and the concept, and he does a lot of the initial writing, and then I do a lot of the music. We'll often start with him, like if we're writing a song together for a project, he'll write the lyrics, 
he'll do a dummy melody and, or maybe just like a little rhythmic rap. And I take over and work on the music and then we kind of bounce it back and forth. So that's a good example. Even if we're creating a show or for creating a proposal or a, a new video, he's the blank page and I'm kind of the fine tuning person. All right. But and we fine love tuning it. is very we love important. Working together. <laughs> um, so you look at the career you have and you're obviously in a reflective place with uh, turning 50 and a musical chronology album. What were your goals when you were a kid and when you first decided music was going to be your life and how has that played out? Because I always, I want the show to help inspire kids who might be considering similar things. When I was a small child, I would perform with my parents and it was kind of going back and forth between the gospel circuit performing in churches. Uh, both of my parents were singer musicians. And so I was just the third part. The duo became a trio. And, um, and then we would sometimes do corporate events and hotel gigs. So they went back and forth between those two worlds, and I went right along with them. Um, by my teens, I started doing a lot of recording work. I was the voice for Mitzi the Mouse Showbiz Pizza nationally, starting when I was 11. So I started getting a taste of, like, of, of studio work and of, um, of having my own career outside of them. And I wanted the pop star thing very much when I was a teen. I was doing demos and um, writing songs and wanting to do the pop star thing. As time went on, I did go to college, which was like, okay, I'm going to prioritize this over the pie in the sky pop star thing. Um, I came very close pop star wise to even getting a record contract, which was the avenue then, but it didn't pan out. And I didn't like the way that I felt out of control when it didn't pan out. So by 19, I was getting into take six and, uh, and Manhattan transfer and um, the nylons and those kind of groups. Um, but big time take six. <laughs> and then I started singing with the doo-wop group at Universal. Uh, we actually founded the group and got to do a lot of the arrangements, got to travel the world repping Universal uh, as the Hollywood high tones. By the time that happened, I thought, I don't want to be famous. I just want to make great music and maybe have a cult following, have people who appreciate what I do. But even signing autographs after shows is the high tones. I was like, I don't think I'd want to do this for two and three hours. I think I'm good. Like I want to do the music part, but not necessarily the, the grind of, of the fan worrying about those things. So I really came to peace with that, with let it take me where it's going to take me. But, um, but I don't have to see my name as a solo artist in lights. I just want to do great work and make this kind of music. And that led to Toxic Audio doing an off-Broadway show. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Uh, the group was founded in 98 as a theatrical experience for the Orlando Fringe Festival. And at the, the first time, show. Yeah, and you were? That's awesome. <laughs> at the time, um, acapella and theater were not really worlds that collided very much. So it was fresh and new, um, and it really... It really took off. We worked very hard, <laughs> but it took off. And um, and we ended up with a run in New York City. Uh, we won the Drama Desk Award for uh, for Unique Theatrical Experience, which is the same award they gave to Blue Man Group and to Stomp. So we were really, uh, that was a nice shot in the arm for us. We did two Vegas runs in 05, 08, and did a lot of what I like doing, which is touring one night performing arts centers, and also corporate events. I love where some people think corporate events are sellouts. I actually really enjoy corporate events because they give you a chance. We would do things like 
experimental things with office products, uh, making noise with office products or experimental things, soundscape things that you would never get asked to do. What does the inside of Einstein's brain sound like or Darwin's brain? You get all of these one time only opportunities when you're doing corporate events. So don't knock them because they can be really fun. And then we did a lot of cruising. When other people, when we had kids, it didn't slow down. But when other people had kids, it slowed down a little bit what they were willing to do and how long they were willing to go for. Where Jeremy and I are crazy. We were like, yeah, we'll go to Japan for six weeks. We'll just fly our kids out halfway through. <laughs> but um, so it was nice because we got to see the world and we've gotten a chance to show our kids who are now adults. Uh, they are also world travelers because of the business that we're in. And I think it shows in the way your children appear to be attacking their own lives. They, uh, they are all adults now, and they are absolutely loving it. Our daughter's 26 and is a doctor. She's about to go into residency early summer. and then uh, But she fronts the med school bands. But uh, her name is Ashley. Our son, Julian, just graduated from NYU with a BFA in acting. And he's also a singer and a musician. And he's managed to find work even during these crazy times. And then our 20-year-old is a screenwriter, and is at Chapman University in his junior year. And he's already on his second film project that's getting made. So we're excited for him. That's awesome. And it seems as though once the world wakes up, you've got so many bases covered. Uh, and 50 is still young. What are the goals you're looking forward to uh, tackling next? I think um, with the album, it reminded myself that I'm still an artist as a business owner. A lot of times I would get very bogged down and as a leader, because, you know, we have day-to-day -day responsibilities uh, with between being a business owner and also vocal directing and, and arranging and all that you get bogged down with that. And I love that, but I wanted to remind myself, especially this year when those opportunities were not there, this all came about because first and foremost, you're a singer, you're a performer, you're an artist, and it's never too late to, to continue that. And I also wanted to say I'm in the best voice of my life. I wanted other, especially females, but I want other performers to know that your, your voice doesn't have to go downhill with age. Um, I think that that shows in the album, there is a quality of experience and Wonderful technique, but I've always thought when I've watched you perform that as strong as your technique is, you still lead with story and lyric and feelings in a way that I think sets you apart. Oh, thanks. Well, I'm, I'm trying to remind myself as well as those around me that we can get better with age. We're still working on our craft. There's not a week or a month that goes by that we're not working on our craft. So as the world opens back up, I will continue to prioritize myself not only as a producer and a company owner, but also as a, as a performer. Well, and speaking of performing, tell us one more time how they can find your album for downloads. Uh, downloads, I'm on iTunes and Spotify. Look under Shalisa, uh, just Shalisa, single word, and it's called Five Decades. And then uh, my website is shalisajames.com. My album is available for, uh, for purchase there, and it's got the streaming links there as well. Um, and then also you can see my video for It's Too Late on that website. 
Awesome. And we are going to end our show today on that track, although I think it should probably be called in this instance, It's Never Too Late. But from <laughs> the album Five Decades, enjoy It's Too Late by Shalisa James. Thank you. wrong here there can be no denying one of us is changing or maybe we just stop trying but it's too late baby now it's too late though we really did try Something inside has died and I can't hide and I just can't fake it, no.
Donna Fellenberg will be back next week. Thank you for joining us for Travels with Triggs. Travels with travels with travels with Triggs. Who's he gonna talk to now? What's he gonna talk about? Where we gonna go? Travels with Triggs. Support for Radio Catskill comes from the Calicoon Theater, an updated vintage movie theater with new releases, film festivals, nostalgic screenings, live music events, and more. Information and schedule at thecalicoontheater.com. Support for WJFF comes from Two Queens, offering coffee, tea, and bees. Located in Pete's Plaza, Narrowsburg, New York. TwoQueensCoffee.com. And from listener donations at WJFFRadio.org. Hi, I'm Erin West. Join us this Saturday, December 5th, as we host the Berryville Tree Lighting. Broadcasting live on WJFF from 7 to 8 p.m. Sponsored by the Greater Berryville Chamber of Commerce, we've planned a fun evening of music and holiday cheer for you to enjoy right from the comfort of your own living room. The Berryville Tree Lighting, this Saturday, December 5th at 7 p.m., right here on WJFF Radio Catskill. Support comes from the Homestead School, Lens Bay, New York. Montessori education and life skills for preschool through 8th grade on an 85-acre campus with farm animals. Award-winning solar-powered alternative since 1978. Homesteadschool.com. Support for Radio Catskill comes from the Neversink General Store. Featuring an award-winning chef, smoked barbecue year-round, local products and catering. Now offering takeout. NeversinkGeneralStore.com. And from listeners like you. WJFF, Jeffersonville, New York, W233.